This is Isaac Smith, and you're listening to Next Level E-Commerce Favorites. While I'm taking a late summer, early fall break, we're playing listener favorite episodes. So if you haven't listened to every episode, you're missing out on some great gold stories. And even if you have, these are worth revisiting. I'll be back in October with new episodes hot off the press. This episode of Next Level E-Commerce is brought to you by Ian Bond of Professional Website Investors. Ian has been an inspiration to me, which is why he's been on the show three times now. He works one-on-one with executives seeking to acquire cash-flowing e-commerce sites through a high-end coaching program with very limited capacity. He has personally acquired over 20 e-commerce sites, so if you want someone with experience to help you acquire your next cash-producing asset, get in touch with Ian at ianbond at professionalwebsiteinvestors.com. That's I-A-N-B-O-N-D at professionalwebsiteinvestors.com, and he'll walk you through the process. And now, let's start the show. Today on Next Level E-Commerce. Actually, Isaac, I'm curious. How did you feel emotionally, like, you know, being prepared and going through the sale and then actually completing the sale? Oh, my gosh. That was one of the most stressful times of my life. You're listening to Next Level E-Commerce. Each week, we feature inspiring stories from entrepreneurs who have taken their business to the next level. They share successes and failures and what kept them going when they felt like giving up. And here's your host, Isaac Smith. Thank you for joining me for episode 15. It's a new year and we're going to waste no time kicking it into high gear. Last week, we started a series on buying and selling e-commerce businesses. In last week's episode, we talked about buying and growing businesses, and this week we're going to be talking about selling. And we're going to use my own business as the case study. This week's episode is an exciting one because not only do I get to tell you some juicy details about the sale of my business... I also get to introduce you to a very good friend of mine who's taken quite a different path than most in this e-commerce space. My guest today is Jim Barton. I met Jim at the very first Dropship Lifestyle Retreat in Chiang Mai, Thailand in 2014. Since then, Jim's done a lot of things in addition to growing his e-commerce business. He's done the nomad thing, he's gotten into cryptocurrency, and now he works with Empire Flippers, which is the online business brokerage that I sold my business through. I'll let Jim tell you what attracted him to taking the apprenticeship route. But first, I want to tell you a little bit more about my mission that I've been talking about the last few episodes. Last week, I told you about some of the biggest struggles I've had in this journey and why that's motivated me to start this mission. This week, I'm going to tell you about the first step I took to turn that experience around, and that'll lead into today's conversation. So if you remember, my business was declining. I didn't know why, and I was feeling terrible about myself. I was feeling embarrassed, and I was feeling panicked. This is the long story short version, but I decided to sell my business, and I reached out to my friend Jim, who I knew just started working with Empire Flippers. They made me go through all four years of financials to list my business with them. But it's a good thing they did. 
Because in going through the numbers in a very thorough way, I learned something that changed my world forever. All this time that I'd been feeling stressed, panicked, despair, and embarrassed about myself, it was all a lie. And worse than that, it was a lie that I told myself. You see, when you judge your success based on what your feelings tell you, that's a recipe for failure. So here's what happened. Having that very thorough look at my financials for the business, it turned out that I was not doing bad at all. I thought my store had been on the decline for all of these months, but actually, it was fine. Yes, the top line started to slip, and the bottom line slipped a little bit as well. But when you only look at the top line, that doesn't give you the whole picture. It turned out that outside of a couple rough months there, I was becoming more profitable on less sales. Something that you would think the reports I would get from my accountants would tell me. And yes, I did pay accountants to do my bookkeeping every month. But for some reason, what they gave me never made any sense to me. It was a continuous frustration. It felt like the reports they were giving me didn't have anything to do with my business. So, I just ignored them. I figured I'm going to need them for taxes anyway, so let's just keep going. So how can this help you? Well, here's what I've found out since then. Almost all of you are having the same experience that I did with bookkeeping and accounting. If you're even doing it at all, which it shocked me to find out that so many people aren't outside of some very rough spreadsheets. So if that describes you, listen, there's no judgment here. It's okay. Remember, I had my own experience, and we all get to learn from each other. And you're in luck because that's the second part of my mission that I'm calling 2x1k. Remember, the first part is this show, Next Level E-Commerce, and the second part is helping people with this problem. You know how I've been saying you can't take your business to the next level without a solid foundation? Well, having an accurate view of how your business is performing is a major part of that foundation. A lot of people just want to focus on marketing, and hey, that was me too, but look where that got me. I know everyone likes to talk about 10xing their business, or even 2x would be nice, right? But hey, listen, you can't 10x your business unless you know what 1x is, because how would you even know if you achieved it? Again, there's no judgment here, but I just want to make you aware that this is a really important thing to be thinking about. So that's it for this week. Next week, I'll tell you about how you can start to take control of your business and avoid the situation that I found myself in. Now we're going to move on with the show. You can find links to everything we discuss in our show notes at nextlevelecommerce.co. And don't forget to stick around till the end so you can have your chance to play. The review is right. All right, now we're going to get to my conversation with Jim. We discuss a broad range of topics, including Jim's story and, of course, selling businesses. But before all of that, we talk about that magical moment in Chiang Mai when Jim and I first experienced the e-commerce community in real life. Here's Jim. Here's Jim.
I wasn't sure what to think. I was a little intimidated. You know, coming from the corporate world, um, the first thing that struck me is, you know, when I like met you, it was like, oh, we're reading the same books. We didn't, we didn't have to like, I didn't have to explain the four hour work week. I didn't have to, um, yeah, like explain this weird thing. We just instantly got it. You know, everyone's interested in personal development and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it was just a good, a good crew, basically. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I think we learned a lot, mostly from the connections we made um, as well, which was which was great. So um, I mean, I can remember, yeah, the first time we met, we were talking about some book or like a Tim Ferriss podcast or something, and uh, uh, it just kind of hit it off. And um, yeah, I mean, I could tell you were definitely going places for sure. Aww. Not to toot your <laughs> horn, but I could tell like you had the mindset, um, like you were driven, uh, and I could tell like right away yeah we'll say more (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting that that's not something uh i know this is me and you're the guest but i'm curious now what uh because of course i don't see it i forget i forget what we were talking about we're talking about some book and i was just like wow that's like a really like my mindset was not that of like oh i can go do this big thing my mindset was just like i'm trying to escape my corporate nine to five job and I just, I wish I could pull up whatever book we were talking about, but, um, the way you were describing it, I was just like, wow. Um, yeah, like we need to think bigger and, you know, not just like, how can we make this work, but how can we make, take things to the, <laughs> I hate to say it again, take things to the next level. We should, we should get a, a little, a little counter here of how many times you say <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, We'll do um, a little chime or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, you, you know, you never know how you're come across to people. So that's, that's interesting to, to hear something like that. Um, but yeah, that, that was just such a, um, you know, we've talked on the show with Jeremy, uh, who's in our mastermind, uh, was, was on a, on the show a few episodes ago. And, um, yeah, we talk about that retreat, but this retreat was, it was, there was something special. And I know we, we've time is ticking and whatnot, but like, there was something special about that first experience. Exactly. Like you said, you, you know, I, I had been building my store for like eight months at that point. And, um, but before that, listening to lots of podcasts, reading lots of books, I've heard people who, uh, have friends and family who are not supportive, but my friends and family were always really supportive mm-hmm. of me. Um, but yeah, and, and they would let me talk about it, but it was like my thing and, and they, they didn't quite get it. Yeah. So when I met people like you, exactly like you don't have to explain. It's just like, whoa, we're there, man. <laughs> just dive right in. Yeah. 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 And I'll, um, you know, for takeaways to anybody that's new, especially like you, uh, the value in a community is so important. So wherever you can find it, um, jump right in. I mean, it's important, I think, to get into the right one, but, um, you know, and same thing for experienced people, you know, sometimes if you find yourself around, uh, you know, in the business community, if you're surrounding yourself around people with, um, that are in the same business category or at a lower level. Um, if you can find a way to find people in a community, whether it be in a city, whether it be an online community, um, there's so many people that I've talked to where that was kind of the rocket booster um, mm. for them is surrounding themselves with um, those kind of people. So 
yeah. a lot of value in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I, um, you know, you hear about, but, but I haven't taken as seriously as I need to, you know, and you think take seriously, it's actually really fun, <laughs> but just to make sure that you make an effort to go to events and, and, and think, you know, meet people. Yeah. yeah so, um, taking us back, it, uh, for those listening, you, Jim and I, and uh, three other guys, I think, um, at that retreat really clicked and, um, we hung out a lot and just decided, you know, as be, just before it was time to go, Hey, we need to, we need to stay in contact. Let's do a mastermind. And so, so we did, we, we, we formed our own loose mastermind and we kept in touch, uh, on a daily or weekly basis for a long time. I can remember it. I remember the exact moment we were on the back of a, a Suntow. If you don't mm. know, that's a red truck, right? That is used as transportation. You pay them like a dollar and they'll take you uh, somewhere. I forget where we're going, but we were on the back of that. And, um, you know, uh, can we talk about the people in the mastermind? Or yeah. 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 I mean, like me and Larry were talking about like weightlifting and we were just having this conversation. And then at that point we yeah decided like, we should definitely keep in touch. Let's make this like official. Let's, we kind of like all put our hands in as one. <laughs> yes. Like a, I remember Power that. Rangers, <laughs> Power <laughs> Rangers <laughs> Megazord was formed, you know, we actually um, did it. We joined yeah, hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was so important going forward. Um, you know, just kind of keeping, especially like when I went back to my corporate job and I had to like jump back into the like, just the miserable commute and people that had no, I had nobody to talk to. And luckily I had this channel where I could just constantly keep in touch with you guys. And um, I me, mean, I was very new at that point too. So um, mm -hmm. you were a little more experienced for sure. I think I was probably one of the least experienced in the group, but um, that was so important as I kind of went forward um, to keep that community going again, just to kind of, Reiterate back to the uh, the past point, you know. Yeah, surrounding yourself with people that will take you to the next level, you know. Man, that mastermind is was huge. Like we it, and and it would just in the last I don't know year or so it started to fizzle out just a little bit, but like you think about that, that's like four or five years strong. Like we're chatting <laughs> yeah. like weekly or daily. Um, yeah. and all of us have, have done grown so much because of that, you know, this is the, the accountability. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if you have a question, you know, there's somebody there who can help you think through it, man. Yeah. I think it is another takeaway. I think in all honesty, I probably should have been more transparent. Like I, oh, I think I felt as like a little bit of a weaker member in the group. Like I had to, you know, I think I was afraid to like ask dumb questions sometimes and, um, or like, um, or be vulnerable or be like, Oh, I was like, I was mm. like, I'm not profitable this month or I screwed this up or something. And I think I should have been more honest, um, you know, in retrospect. Well, I thought you asked a lot of dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, <honestly. laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, man. Nice. Uh, you set it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just softball that in for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's funny you that you say that because I didn't feel that at all. I felt like um I felt like we all and you even were were really upfront and like honest like man, this month is just not going so great and um you know when that I think it was about little things more uh, I guess in yeah, general yeah. or 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hindsight's, so, uh, you know, whatever. Not when we were, when we were in Thailand, I remember you had this big plan. You were going to quit your job. Um, you were going to move and, and do the nomad thing. And I remember like, I was so excited for you because I have a family and I wasn't going to do that. But like, there's a part of me who always wanted to do that, you know, like, (laughs) oh man, I wish I could just go do these crazy things. Um, and so I was, I was really excited for you. And then when, when we all went back home, uh, I was like, okay, any minute now, Jim's going to tell me, tell us he's quitting. He's quitting. (laughs) But (laughs) But it, and... it, I was like, each month I was expecting the news, yeah. but um, it took quite a while. It took quite a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, again, this comes down to, I think, surrounding yourself. I think I, I got back into the corporate culture and I was unfortunately like sucked back in. And, you know, it's, I, I think my personality is, um, you know, I figured out a lot of my energy is you know, is uh, it's important to manage energy. And I think I may wake up and I have this burst of energy and I should get started right away. Whereas some people are like night owls, right? Where they're kind of, their energy is more, they do float around during the day and then will uh, get more productive in the afternoon or at nighttime or whatever. And my job, I started very early and I think I, I sucked out all of my energy and I, I just yeah. never got into the, like, I'm going to keep hustling after work. And I was just exhausted and, um, so I get chipping away at it basically is the problem. So like instead of like really hustling and working at it four hours a day, it was like I worked on it like an hour or two a day with like low energy. And I think that was, um, you know, a problem. So I mean, if you can find a way to sort of maximize your energy, I think um, that's important or to manage that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, to, to finish the story, I, it took a while, like, you know, kind of a year went by and um, the story was becoming profitable. I was figuring it out and um, it was making consistently like a little bit of money or whatever, not enough to live off of certainly. Um, And then rumors came around and I was working for a big corporation at the time. I worked for a very large oil and gas company that most people would recognize. And um, they were doing layoffs because price per barrel just tanks basically. And they're just like, well, we're, and I worked in IT at the time and basically they started cutting support, uh, you know, people. And um, they did this in a very structured way. So the whole, so I was like, oh, great, I'm going to hop. And there's an opportunity. Basically what they do is they, they release a new organizational chart, a new org chart, and then you reapply for positions basically. Or you can just raise your hand and you get paid to leave. And I'm like, great, I'm going to do that. But guess what? It took like nine months. (laughs) So I was just like, damn, I'm like ready to leave. My store is actually at this point in decent shape. And I'm just like, I got to like wait until I get this, this, I might as well, you know, to get this, this payout. Um, but I did that, um, had some savings. Um, then at that point, so I got a big chunk of cash. I, my store is, um, is profitable. I then spent the, um, I had the rest of my lease on my apartment, right. That I had to deal with. I mean, this is a whole exiting is a very big deal. It was a whole ordeal for me. Um, I had to sell my car, which I loved, you know, I had a cool, like, car with a turbo and stick shift and uh what kind of car uh, was it it was a mazda speed three it's mm. a very niche car it's like a hatch it's kind of a hilarious car it's got front wheel drive but it's something like 260 tur- uh, horsepower mm. um 
it was a fun car. I don't know. Some people will think it's not cool, but I, I love <laughs> that car. Um, I still had a girlfriend at the time. Um, and um, yeah, I sold my car. I got a bike to, for the remainder of the summer in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I was biking around to everywhere to coffee shops and working on my business. And um, at this point, and, and yeah, I'm no longer, I had left the company and I'm just working on my own thing, um, just trying to sell my stuff. I gave my TV to my mom. I gave you know stuff away and had to figure out what to do with all my stuff. And it's very, it's a, it's a whole ordeal jumping into um, this, uh, you know, location independent uh, lifestyle. So, but once that was finally um, done, my lease was up. Um, yeah, went home, ordered a whole ton of stuff on Amazon, got my my pack, and moved to uh, to back to Chiang Mai. Finally, yeah, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the uh, of the journey. I was so excited for you, man. I was like, <laughs> I was wait. I've been waiting finally. like a year, and then it yeah. took you a long time before, like between when you quit and actually moved. I was like, oh no, what's Jim doing? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but you were finally there. I was like, I was so happy for you. Yeah, yeah. Took again. Took my time. You know, that's one way of doing it. I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but um. Yeah, once I was in Chiang Mai, I was mostly just working on my store and um, yeah, doing pretty well um, at that point. Um, and in Chiang Mai, so you could kind of live, you could live very well. Um, and I was traveling yeah. around. This is my first time traveling to Vietnam. I went to, to Myanmar, which was amazing. And um, yeah, all these places. So finally got to like capture that dream. That first year, especially, was just really magical. And you get to meet people that are doing similar things and have similar mindset. So um, really fun time. Living, lo- living the life, man. Yeah. And then that was about the time where you just like fell off the face of the earth as, as <laughs> the, the mastermind was concerned is like, suddenly there's no more Jim. <laughs> yeah. Jim, where are you? Yeah. I mean, I got plugged into a lot of people locally, I think. And then I think that just sort of ended up being, um, yeah, my crew, I guess, for, mm-hmm. for a little bit. So I just sort of like, uh, you know, anytime I... And also the, <laughs> with our mastermind, there was like just so much to catch up on. I was just like, oh gosh, this is yeah, <laughs> almost overwhelming. Um, yeah. And when you're in a different time zone, you know, yeah, we're all in the US. So yeah, yeah. I get it. And you're having fun. So you, uh, you, you took it, you know, fair, I think, from what I gather, you took it fairly easy. You weren't out there like grinding away. You were enjoying life and doing work and um, bouncing around. Uh, how long did you do that until you started uh, getting into crypto stuff? Yeah, so I guess it was, it was, I roughly divided into like year one, year two, year three, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, year one was mostly dedicated to the dropshipping thing. Um, and yeah, I think I, um, I just spent a lot of time like kid in a candy store, just traveling around Mm -hmm. and and doing all this stuff. And I think it's important to maybe, I would suggest if people are going to do this, like go, you know, to begin with, definitely have some savings, um, make sure you are making, um, you know, a a decent amount of money to, to live wherever you want to live. Right. Um, can cover that just in case something catastrophic happens. So I was doing that. And then I, there was like inklings of, um, of the first like cryptocurrency meetups. And for those that aren't familiar, I mean, this is back when Ethereum was like just released um, to put it on the map. So this is very early. Um, 
Uh, Bitcoin was, I think, somewhere around like a thousand or something um, at this point. And um, so I went to a, a there was like a, a crypto meetup, and it was like seven guys. There was like nobody there. It was just like a bunch of nerds. And it's like I just wanted to um, to go there to see if I could accept Bitcoin for payment on my e-commerce store. That was basically my whole thing. And then I'll just kind of dip my toe in there. And then I met a few guys. And then eventually I went to like an SEO meetup and I met a um, a guy who was really into crypto trading and he taught me a lot. He was almost like a, like a mentor. Um, so, um, and then I just got really, really into it. Um, you know, from there, or no, <laughs> yeah, I was still doing e-commerce stuff and then was kind of, mingling with this crypto thing and then i remember like bitcoin was getting a little more attention and then bitcoin hit around two thousand uh dollars usd and um that's where i decided to get really into it and i just like was absorbed i was like learning i was looking at charts all the time and um i got to be a very like what we call a technical trader meaning i'm just looking at charts um and it was sort of like uh the analogy was like if uh you know it was like you know, major league players weren't playing yet. So everybody who was trading in this crypto world was like, it's like middle school basketball or something, (laughs) right? So like, if you kind of know what you're doing, you can do pretty well. So I basically did that for like pretty much a year and a half leading up to the crazy bubble um, and was basically eventually like living off of that. And I basically kind of let my e-commerce business suffer, um, which was a big mistake. And this is one I tell um, people that are looking to sell their business often is make sure that the minute you're losing interest in your business, I just sell it, you know, get it into, get it into position to sell and then, and then sell it because you're going to let it die. I've, I've run into it over and over again. People are like, yeah, I was losing interest and like things dropped off. Um, so I'm ready to sell now. And it's like, guess what? Nobody wants to buy a dying business. Um, yeah. just the truth. Um, so that's, um, big takeaway there. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my crypto journey. Um, did well with that. And by the time, um, yeah, that, that started, I kind of was then transitioning to, um, to my new role here at, um, at Empire Flippers. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a cool thing when, you, when I heard you were, you were going to be working with Empire Flippers. It was, a, it was a, um, it's not what I expected, but uh, it was cool. So what... What made you decide to, you know, you were an entrepreneur and you were, you had your own e-commerce business, you had these other things going on. So what, what made you decide to um, go back and work for someone else? Yeah, good, good question. So um, I mean, two things. I mean, one, basically my, my e-commerce business was no longer, it was going to be, it was no longer in a good position uh it was going to be harder to get things back to um to where it was and also i had just lost interest i just hated the niche um was just no longer um into it and um it was like painfully hard to work on mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason um and of course the crypto markets were not the same i was trading in this crazy bull bull run and um it was now um a bear run and i didn't train for that scenario it was completely different um, trading environment. So, um, so basically I wanted to figure out, um, you know, what my next steps were. And I saw that empire flippers had um, a sales position open. Um, and this goes back to, I went to university for like, um, we call it information systems management or MIS. Most places call it. And my minor was in entrepreneurship. 
because I read the four hour work week in college and I knew at some point mm. I wanted to go do that thing. Right. So I had a, a minor in entrepreneurship and the I guy didn't that ran. I know you had a minor oh. in entrepreneurship. I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. It's a weird, it's almost a, it's like an oxymoron, like having a college degree <laughs> in entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't want to say it, man. You're the one with the degree. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the guy who runs the program knew it. Um, it was cool. So yeah, I went to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. The guy that ran it, um, Ron Morris, um, rest his soul. He actually he got cancer and passed away, um, unfortunately. Always saddened that I couldn't uh, sit down and have a beer with him uh, to thank him for everything that he taught us. But he was prolific. He like was a big Pittsburgh business guy, um, really traditional guy that kind of came up in like the seventies and eighties, um, and that sort of thing. And, um, gave us a lot of like real world experience. We did like consulting for this, like a rafting company basically, um, which led to like almost sort of a job. But anyway, my point there being, um, one of his things that he harked on and said all the time is I always tell, you know, budding entrepreneurs go out and get a sales job. That should be the first mm. thing you do, or at some point you need sales experience in your, in your, um, journey as an entrepreneur. So anyway, my point being, I saw the sales position open at Empire Flippers and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to actually take its advice. Maybe this is, this is my next step. And um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, for those that aren't familiar, there's the Dilbert cartoonist, Scott Adams. He's now like a weird, like Trump guy. I don't, I don't have anything to, uh, but if you look at his previous book, um, I think what it's called, it's like how to fail. Yeah. I read that uh, book. It's my uh, whole life. And still win big, right? Yeah. It's how to, how to fail at pretty much anything and still win. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have the links yeah, in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> I'll we'll look put it up in the later. show notes. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, he has a whole bit about kind of collecting, um, like skill sets and combining skill sets, right. right? The reason Dilbert exists is because he was interested in cartooning and he was interested in the business world and he combined those. Right. Um, so I guess the way that I'm kind of like crafting my path here is the fact that I'm sort of like stacking skill sets, um, which is actually what helped me get my, uh, the, the, my position here um, at Empire Flippers um, as well, because I had um, e-commerce experience, obviously. Um, and I also had like technical like training experience as well, which kind of made this um, a good fit for being kind of consultative in our role here. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what I'm, uh, what I'm getting at is, um, yeah, I want to collect some, some sales experience. I want that kind of under my belt. And I think that's helped a lot. I mean, being comfortable picking up the phone, cutting deals, um, and connecting with, um, with people is going to be very important no matter what business you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when you told me, and I heard this for the first time, I thought, oh, that makes total sense. Like, you you were saying, yeah, you know, uh, I've been doing this entrepreneur thing. I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I've got this e-commerce <laughs> store going. It's okay, but I'm tired of it. And I want to do something else, but, mm, you know, not sure what. And you, you brought up the, uh, you know, the idea of the apprenticeship. Right, and, right. You know, that's something that people talk about in the community, but I don't actually know very many people who've actually done it. But the idea that you go, you know, you work for somebody, you learn from them, you provide value to them. And, you know, that 
you know, later on, you can decide if you want to stay there or go start your own thing. But I thought, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Because at the time, I was kind of struggling myself. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing either. (laughs) Maybe I should go (laughs) find somebody to work with. Yeah, Uh, I think it it depends on your personality. But um, I mean, if I look at the the apprentices that uh, especially of like very big names, um, they've all gone to just do very big things or they'll like take over part of the company or um, that sort of thing. I do think entrepreneurship is best learned through, um, you know, the tropical MBA guys talk about this all the time, mm -hmm. right? Is, is, yeah, it's best learned kind of under somebody's wing. It is hard to just like, you know, the value in entrepreneurship is you're going where people don't go. You're creating value that wasn't there before. And it's, there's no roadmap, right? You can take all the online courses you want. You can read as many books as you want, but in the end of the day, you're going into the unknown. There's no playbook. Um, and by getting an apprenticeship, um, or, um, or, or a job related to that. Um, I know the J-O-B, that's a, it's a curse <laughs> word in the entrepreneurship um, community. But um, by doing that, you can kind of accelerate yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's kind of yeah, what, what uh, I saw the value um, in working uh, at Empire Flippers being as well. Yeah, I agree. And there was a time when I thought like, oh man, I... And also, if you uh, if you're listening and you've listened to a few other episodes, you know some of these folks who I've talked with, who've in- interviewed, um, a lot of them learn a skill at, at their job. Like Ronnie Taja, he's an e-commerce store owner. He he was doing um, PPC management for Best Buy Canada. And so, like, you learn how to do this thing, then you go out and do it on your own. And, like, whoa, big results then. And so, I, I have thought often on, off and on, like, oh, man, I'm really at a disadvantage here because architecture <laughs> has no, <laughs> nothing to give to uh, e-commerce. But that's where yeah. I went. Yeah, I will say um, it's interesting to see whether you're newer and... Um, yeah, because we see like two different models, right? Where like you might already work in a position um, at like, yeah, doing marketing for a company and you get to do their PPC thing. And then you can use that to rocket boost and or to start your own business. And then sometimes I see people have started their own business and then they use that experience, right? To start their own agency. And they're like, oh, I got really good at this one thing. Yeah, man. Um, right. So, um, and then Kiri Masters was on the show, talked about that uh, exact. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So now you've been there a while. So let's, let's talk about, um, selling businesses, man. Um, I, so I think it was around the time when you started, when I was like ready to sell and you sort of put me in, actually it was your first week. I think you put me in contact with the right, with somebody there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. I got a lot of props for that, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice, man. Your, your first day on the job and you're bringing in a sale. It's like, yeah. bam, delivering yeah. value. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you said, if you're on the, you're starting to think maybe you don't want to be running this business anymore. That's the time to start putting some plans into place. And, um, so why don't you talk about like how, how that goes and, and what people yeah. should be thinking about? 
And just for context, um, for those that aren't familiar, I think most people in the space aren't, but Empire Flippers is the number one place to buy and sell online businesses, including and rapidly expanding into e-commerce businesses, right? They started off with content sites and now doing more um, e-commerce and also FBA, Amazon FBA um, as well. Um, so my role now is that of a seller advisor. So we've, we've split off the sales team. For those that don't know, there's a lot of um, massaging into these deals that goes on. You know, these businesses don't just sell themselves. We have to, um, we have to uh, kind of facilitate the process. Um, so we split off the team now and I'm a seller advisor. So what that means is I talk to like uh, at least, uh, I don't know, it's usually around 10 like entrepreneurs per day. Um, wow. So I'm seeing trends, um, where things are going and all the pitfalls they go through. So kind of making a segue here, um, actually, Isaac, I'm curious, how did you feel emotionally, like, you know, being prepared and going through the sale and then actually completing the sale? You know, what was that experience like for you? Oh my gosh, that was one of the one most of the- stressful times of my life. I don't know that there's anything that could have changed that because basically what happened was, um, you know, I've been working on this store for four years. I have all of this, um, you know, time investment, uh, financial investment, um, emotional investment, all was poured into this, you know, one thing. And now it's, it's a listing on a computer screen. It's a, it's a website and there's a chart with, (laughs) you know, and there's a number there and, and the number actually uh, I don't know if I told you, I think that number was like twice as much as I expected. I, I thought, holy <laughs> crap, I, can I really get that much for it? Because um, I just didn't know. I didn't have my financials prepared ahead of time. Um, and I, I didn't know what a store like mine could go for. And um, yeah, so yeah. hats off to the valuation tool. I thought uh, you guys have a valuation tool that you can just go put your information in about your business and it'll email you a range. And I thought, no way, you know, this has got to be way off. Cause you know, it, it took me only like five minutes, you know, like how could you ha- get that determination so quickly with just that amount of information. But uh, once you, once you list it, you go, you go through a vetting process that takes a couple of weeks. And, um, uh, yeah, then, then I'm so nervous, like, Oh, I hope, I I hope it's a good number. I hope it's a good number. (laughs) And then, and then finally you get that email, like, okay, you're ready to go. Here's your, your number. We're going to list you live on Monday. I was like, Whoa. And and it, and it was, that valuation tool was like right there. That's what the, the number was. It was right in the middle of the high and the low, I think. I can believe it. Nice. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. For those, for those that aren't familiar, we have a free valuation tool. It's like a little calculator and um, it's pretty close. It's a good estimate. Um, we're now integrating um, like machine learning into the algorithm or into the tool so that it will um, machine learning. Like I mean, using buzzwords, but um, mm. oh yeah, legit, we're basically, we're basing it off of pre- previous sales. So like mm. these, this, this tool is not a joke. Um, so if you're curious, you know, go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah. And actually, if you are just maybe this is the first time you thought about it, but you kind of like, hey, that might be nice to sell the store. You can just go 
you know, it takes a few minutes. You put some information in and you see like, that's how much it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And we also I mean, I talk, so my role is also that of exit planning too. So I talk to people that are three, six, 12 months out, even up to two years out. And we're always happy to have a preliminary conversation. So if you're not sure what's going on or, you know, if you want some next steps or some advice, I'm happy to, uh, to hop on the phone. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, once you list, you know, um, I knew that my slow season was coming. I listed at the very peak of the year, the seasonality, uh, which was late fall for me. And, um, it was a quick decision to, to sell. So I was like, Oh crap, I gotta, I gotta get this thing sold before (laughs) winter comes and, you know, sales slump. Um, so it didn't sell that first month. Uh, I, I, I don't imagine it would. And so then, you know, sales dropped off and it, um, it took a few months for them to come back, which is what was expected. And of course, nobody, like you said, nobody wants to buy a dying store. Well, if it's seasonally low, you know, they're just looking That's at the chart. Thing. They don't, they don't know. They don't know it's just yeah. down. So it takes a while before that interest comes back up along with your, your sales. Um, so that was, you know, it took quite a while. Well, then you had like a giant month, didn't you? Oh man. Well, what was amazing? I mean, this is, this, we could get into a long story here. I, I don't want to get <laughs> so deep into it, but I was mm-hmm. like bordering on depression, um, like before the sale. Cause, it, uh, earlier in the year it was, uh, yeah, I'll just briefly mention this. I had a, a pretty low few months. Um, and I, I was, I didn't know what was going on. I thought my store was in decline and I was like, crap, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm four years into this business almost, mm-hmm. well, three years at that point. I got not much to show for it. Um, you know, how, how, starting to feel kind of bad about myself. And so I was reaching out to people and saying, what can I do? What can I do? And it was John Warren um, who I had a coaching call with him and he said, hmm. just sell it. I was like, what? You got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, and if you're listening, I had an interview with him where he talks about why he told me that. Uh, it's like, I think it's episode three with John Warren. So if that's interesting, you nice. can check that out. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, so actually it turns out another, another story for another day, my, because of my bookkeeping was not in order. It was actually not a terrible slump, and I just didn't know it, but my brain was telling me uh, I was doing terribly. So when I actually uh, went and did the, the financials that y- you guys asked me to do for all four years of uh, financials for the store, and I went had to go back and do all of that, which was pain, but I looked at the numbers and I thought, oh, are you serious? <laughs> it's not actually so bad. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I was feeling bad about myself for no reason. Well, um, so were you looking at it on a cash basis versus in accrual or why? Oh, that's that? just like, that's way too deep to go. For, <laughs> okay. We, we don't want to go there. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, we don't yeah. Let's not get into, into the slumps of, uh, yeah. yeah, of accounting, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, anyway, to, to, to sort of take that, um, yeah. So, 
actually I had set in motion beyond not doing as bad as I thought in my desperation, I had actually set some wheels in motion that were going to pay off really big. Um, and so I had the biggest month ever, the, the month that I listed, um, which was awesome. Like, Hey, right. Selling on a high. And then of Mm -hmm. course the slow winter months came and then I I was like, you know, still self doubting. Um, and so I was doing more work that set more wheels in motion that when people were ready to buy, it just took off like crazy in January. And it continued until, well, it to this day. I, I sold the site in um, at the end of March and it was just like grow, 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 grow. Like, I don't know. I don't really want to go back and look at all those numbers. I just want to feel good about myself. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I think, I think honestly, I probably did like one, 1.5 X that store that year. Um, and um, I actually, you don't even know this probably, but I'm still working with the owner of that store. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Not in, uncommon. Consulting. Yeah. Which is great. It's a nice little, that's a chunk of change, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and that store is still growing like crazy. Oh, um, awesome. It's so the buyer's really happy. happy. You're happy. Yeah. What and you mean? know what? You know, he's actually going to be on the podcast. I've, oh, cool. I've got him scheduled oh, to, uh, for an interview. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know that that interview with the new owner of my store is actually going to be next week. So make sure you watch out for that. Okay, now back to the conversation with Jim. That's great, man. We see buyers and sellers working together after the sale um, all the time. So not not uncommon. It's great to see, uh, you know, win win. Yeah, like I that. thought I, I thought I wanted to uh, just like close the door or close the book on that chapter, whatever the expression is, you know, like right. and just like burn the shit behind. Yeah, like I don't, yeah. I, you know, like it's gone. A chapter is closed. Um, you know, let's move on with my life. But um, he asked me to to stay on and manage his ads, um, and I thought, meh, don't really want to. But on the other hand, I did give away all of my income just now, <laughs> and yeah. and, um, and also that's kind of a discreet thing, you know. I could do just once a week, and um, I won't have to be. And, and so, so I agreed to do that, and also some some consulting you know, like a few hours a month. So, nice. um, so that's, that's been great. I think it's been great for him. It's been great for me. I've enjoyed seeing what he's doing with it. Um, and interesting. Yeah. And we'll get his perspective on the podcast. Yeah, that, that, that should be an interesting podcast. I'd like to yeah. hear that actually. Yeah. So how did it feel when, you know, the cash hit your bank account? You know, when you saw bing, like here's the bank wire and you saw the number, you logged into your bank account and you saw, <laughs> That number. How did that feel? That I I think I was numb at that point. <laughs> uh, I celebrated uh, when we um, agreed on the deal. I know that's a little mm. bit early, and people don't feel comfortable was, with that. But I yeah. did, and I you know by celebrate I mean I had a nice dinner with the family, and I jumped <laughs> up and ja- up and down and like shouted and you know that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, man, the migration process is just, it's, it's, it's just like so stressful. The, actually, it's not the migration. It's the inspection period. 
that was terrifying (laughs) because it's like uh, so for the listener um there's a clause in the contract and and it makes sense for the buyer that if once we transfer over um if sales drop you know the buyer shouldn't have to be stuck with a store that is you know maybe fraudulently maybe the numbers were cooked on my end or something you know you've got to protect against that so yeah that's interesting so for those that for context, there's a after the the deal goes through and the business is migrated, the buyer has two weeks to basically say like, "Hey, something's off. Um, this was something was misrepresented, um, or or things have just dropped off completely." So this is built for like if a Google algorithm hits or a Google update hits and just tanks the business or something, or or if the guy was using black hat, uh, you know, stuff to um, pop up the business. Um, but in your case, you were selling high ticket items and sometimes you know, you might have a, a week or two without, with less sales. So that, yeah, that could be, I that's, know. A, that's a unique case that's, actually. That's interesting. <laughs> so for me, it was like, uh, I just read that the, 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 the clause says, and I have this nearly memorized cause it's so ingrained. I was so <laughs> scared of it. It's ba- it's basically you take the, the two week average of the listing price that it was based on. And if your performance during this two week inspection period um, dips below 50% of that, the buyer has the right to uh, cancel the deal. Right. And that's terrifying for me because I sold, um, you know, high ticket items and, that happened frequently. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So I was like, oh, geez, the, ch- the chance of this happening is very high. Um, yeah. You know, this happens all the time. And so I was terrified. Yeah. Like, uh, Well, did that get discussed in migration? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think it did. I, but, you know, uh, rationale, you know, like as somebody who like, I have four years of my life wrapped up in this number. Right. And it's just one number. It's a it's a dollar sign, and it's a number, um, and and that number doesn't have a discussion around it. So I yeah. any discussion around that is is not going to be helpful for my the the my stomach cramping up. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and I, I will say there are some posts. You know, even in migration, um, sometimes we do see negotiations happen. So sometimes you know if a business does inspection period or something, we might still be able to work something out. It just depends on the buyer, right? So, I mean, in that yeah. case, it might have been like, hey, let's extend it out and do a month or something. There might have been yeah. some renegotiation that would happen there. Um, it's not always super clean, but yeah, those... I did not want be, that. <laughs> no, that I wanted scary, to be though. done. <laughs> I wanted to be done. And yeah. so, what, what happened actually was that two-week average, like I said, I grew... The, the store was growing like crazy. Like I, some part of me wanted to say, no, I want to just keep this, you know, <laughs> but I remembered, no, no, the reason, you know, I had reasons to sell and it wasn't just for the money. Um, and so like, no, okay, this is great. The, the buyer is going to get a growing business. That's awesome. Yeah, that's and so actually that two week, the, the amount that I had to hit, I hit like on the second day. It was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> but yeah. the buyer is just, it's just grinning, and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we can ask him later on how, what that was like, but, um, uh, but like by the end of that two weeks, I think I, it was the best two weeks ever. 
and and it was like <laughs> I made more than many months, you know, in that. Yeah. Um, so wow. anyway, it was like, oh, sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So by the time the money actually hit, you know, I'm looking at that and it's like, I don't have any more energy left for this. Yeah. It's a, I mean, because your business can be like your baby, right? You've been working on this for four years. It's a stressful time, but um, it's interesting that we see a lot of, um, a lot of times both the buyer and the seller are like, ha ha, I gotcha. Like that's, that's <laughs> when you know it was a good deal. <laughs> Where it was like the seller's like, ha ha, like you know, I got a great deal, sucker. <laughs> and then the buyer's like, wow, this guy has no idea where I'm going to take this business because uh, I'm going to do this one thing or tweak it or, or whatever. That's, that's awesome. It's interesting to see both sides win, you know. Like yeah, that. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think, right. I, I mean, we can ask him, but I, I think, I don't think we thought we got pulled one over on the other one. But well, I yeah, we not both, like that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I know that's exaggerating, but I, but <laughs> yes. I, I, I know. Yeah. Uh, but but I think we both feel like we got a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, so let's, that's, that was me. Uh, that was a lot longer than I expected to go on about <laughs> myself. Um, but hopefully that was interesting for you guys listening. Uh, so let's talk about like selling, you know, if, if you do want to sell, like what are some things you guys uh, actually, I, I saw you guys at the, the DSL retreat in Prague, which was amazing right. to see you. Um, good times. You, yeah, good to catch up. You went through a lot of stuff in that presentation. I, I don't, not saying we have to repeat the presentation, but take it away, man. Talk about like, what do people need to be thinking about? Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I'm going to mention is, um, buyers are interested in profit. So really buyers are looking at these businesses like assets. So they're looking at this as like digital real estate. So anything you can do, to um, tie things back to profit um, and take your hands off the business is going to be important. I mean, I think a lot of people know that, but I just want to make that perfectly clear. I talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm doing this much in sales. And if I only did this one thing, it's going to be amazing. And for the right buyer, it's going to yada, yada, yada. It's like, that's not typically what buyers are looking for. Um, We have a lot of repeat portfolio buyers that are buying multiple e-commerce businesses, both um, you know, dropshipping and and you know regular e-commerce and um, and Amazon FBA and of course we're also seeing um, we're seeing those all be combined to get well not really dropshipping but we're seeing people on Amazon get off of Amazon and establishing their own brand in e-commerce and we're seeing the op- in the opposite we're seeing e-commerce brands get going seeing value in using Amazon as an additional channel. Um, but yeah, profit is definitely is definitely key. I know that might sound obvious, but I want to make that um, perfectly clear. Um, keeping your hands off the business is really important. And the number one thing that I run into with e-commerce businesses is that they're shipping inventory out of their own house, Ooh. Um, or their garage, yeah. or they have a warehouse. Like I'll talk to a lot of like traditional, you know. Uh, you know, business Billy who lives in the tri-state area and he's got a giant warehouse and he's shipping stuff out. And it's like, you know, one, it's, it's difficult to transition that over to the new buyer. And two, um, we don't know how to value the business because the buyer's not going to be located there. And therefore, they don't know how much they're going to be paying for storing inventory. So we don't know how to build out the P&L. So, I mean, that's why we actually don't list businesses um, in which you're shipping out your own inventory at that point. So it's important to set up um, a 3PL 
or a third party logistics center to handle um, fulfillment for you. And um, that can, it might take a certain level to get there, but there's a lot of options out there. I actually recently wrote an article about this for Empire Flippers. Oh, so you sweet. can check that out. If you search Empire Flippers 3PL, um, I'll, I'll pop up there. Um, yeah. So for I'll those that are still shipping this, stuff out, there's, yeah, there's options there for you. Sorry to interrupt. I'll have that link in yeah. the show notes. Nice. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, aside from that, I'd say, um, you know, having a really strong defensible brand um, is very important. Um, You know, anything you can do to create a moat around your business and having um, repeat customers, especially repeat customers is huge. And, you know, or participating in a brand's community, um, having strong social, um, that sort of thing. Those are all uh, things that that buyers are, um, are looking for. Yeah. And I think one, one thing that is really important is um, if you can systemize and automate what you can delegate so that you can be spending less of your time that I think that's really key. Um, And we'll, we'll talk about that with my buyer. Actually, I had, (laughs) I had like almost nothing to do. Uh, for for maintenance, I'll make that clear. If I could spend all the time I want doing more marketing channels, but I think what is important for the buyer to know is like how much it, how much of my time is it going to take up to just maintain what I'm buying, right? Um, and for me personally, it was just a few hours a week. Um, but <laughs> um, by the time I sold it, it had grown so much to where you know it was sort of at its limits which I don't know what, how he feels about that. It actually ended up, but I mean, he, he got more income than he was expecting, but it also took more uh, resources to fulfill that. So, you know, thing, things can change a little bit, I guess. Uh, good but to have. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, we'll see what he thinks. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I think he's a li- mm. maybe a little like, oh, this is a little more than I thought, but. Did he have um, to hire another another VA or something or what? He has hired people um, to to do growth activities. Oh, okay. Um, but for maintenance activities, he hasn't. But the one VA that w- that I was that I had hired is like at her limit. <laughs> like, okay. Like, yeah. And a little yeah, bit wow. beyond her limit, actually. So that was wow. kind of like, how, how do we? How do we? handle all these extra calls with just this one VA. So that was like his problem. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, what can you do? Like (laughs) if you, uh, if you want to reduce the sales, I can help you do that. (laughs) And you can (laughs) go back to not having to spend much time on it. Um, but anyway, I think as far as like in the price, I, I have a suspicion that was a large portion of why I got such a good multiple was because, you know, I didn't have to spend all that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Um, yeah. Anytime I see, you know, in the valuation tool, there's like an hours worked per week and whenever it says like 40 plus hours worked per week, it's like, this is going to be difficult to find a buyer for buyers really want, um, yeah. Um, sort of the hands-off business. I mean, most buyers are, are seeing this as an emerging asset class essentially. Um, so yeah, important to take your hands 
off the business, take your hands off inventory. I mean, if it's possible to, if you're at a, if you're at a level where you can outsource um, marketing to an agency, if that makes sense for you, that's also mm-hmm. attractive. Um, that has its own pitfalls though, because sometimes agencies are notorious for um, spending three months, you know, experimenting and tanking sales before they kind of figure it out. So, uh, you know, something to, to, to think about. But um, yeah, the more you can yeah, take your hands off of everything, um, the more attractive the business becomes. Yeah. Um, that's an, that's makes me think of another thing. Um, if you, uh, as you're getting ready to sell, um, you want to have all of these things set up. So if, if you're just now thinking about it, um, you know, maybe now is the time to experiment with an agency. Um, and, and then, uh, once you've got things set settled, then start trimming some fat if you have any in mm-hmm. your expenses. Yeah. Especially if you guys, um, for larger e-commerce businesses where you're making a lot of investments in content or SEO, uh, um, that could be a good opportunity, um, to yeah, like you said, start to to trim the fat, so to speak, spending less money on those items, and also yeah, becoming less experimental and and kind of keeping things stable um, is important for sure. Yeah. So what um what else do people need to know um if they're if they're really considering this? I would say, like I said, I mean, start early. Um, you know, definitely reach out to us. We're always happy to have an exit planning call and we can kind of give you some advice, um, that sort of thing. It's just whenever you're selling out of desperation or if things have dropped off, um, it's very difficult um, to sell um, a business like that. Um, aside from that, I think that covers most of the things for, um, for e-commerce. Um, another thing to think about is to keep inventory at reasonable levels. Um, you know, anytime you be, I know like you might save a lot of money if you're, uh, you know, either, either private labeling from China or, um, or that sort of thing, but, um, keep inventory like manageable, like, you know, maybe 20% of list price is typically where we like to see a 20 to 30% or something, uh, of the value of, uh, inventory purchased at landed cost. I should mention, because when a buyer buys an e-commerce business, they purchase it at at list price. And then the, the inventory is purchased um, on top of that at landed cost. So just whatever you paid for it, the buyer will pay for it. Um, so important to keep tight inventory management when possible. Other thing I'll mention, and another quick win potentially, for instance, if you're having your inventory shipped by air, um, I mean, if you can have um, a shipment done by sea, that could be a quick win for you because um, that's going to affect your cost of goods sold on your, on your PL, right? And that's going to immediately increase the value of your business by cutting costs. So there's another like a um, little, little hack, if you will, um, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly what awesome. I got. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, this is, this is, this has been great. Um, we've been, we've been going on for uh, a while, actually a bit longer than I was expecting, but this has been so much fun catching up, um, talking, (laughs) talking about the old days, talking about, uh, exciting new fun stuff that we're each doing. So, um, if anybody wants to reach out, get in touch with you, um, what what's the best place for them to do that? 
Oh man. Oh geez. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess my Instagram, if you want to reach out to me personally and just say hi, um, if you want to reach out to me, um, through empire flippers, I'll just leave my schedule link and you can directly book a call with me. Okay. Um, anytime I might regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's welcome to reach out. All right. And I'll, I will have, uh, those notes or I'm trying to t- write my own notes. I'll have those, those <laughs> links in the show notes nice. uh, for anybody who, um, who wants to get in touch. Yeah. All right, man. This has been so great. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Oh, I did want to say one more thing. Um, one thing that I think is pretty oh, sure. cool is you're, you're living this digital nomad life, but you've found a company who embraces that. So like you're, you're in Chiang Mai, you're doing this stuff and you're going to be going to Peru, you know, to, to do work with the company. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. You know, maybe yeah. the best of both worlds. It's it's a it's a it's a cool company, um, and I mean there is um, we are seeing I don't know I think an increase in sort of both the on the, the the apprenticeship model and sort of the remote work category. I see that just growing and growing and growing, especially in our industry. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean for those for anybody that's new, maybe you have some experience, you know, build a skill set, um, work on a business. Um, you know, develop some skills and go out there and you can get yourself um, a pretty nice um, remote gig and, um, and do well for yourself and learn. And then, and then you leverage that experience to, um, to create um, you kind of the next level business. There you go. Bam. I think that's our sign off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Nice. All right. Yeah. It's been fun. Big thanks and much love to Jim for sharing his story and some valuable insight into selling businesses with us. I really like Jim's story because it just goes to show that we don't always need to do everything on our own, and sometimes everybody wins when we team up with other people. So if you know someone who might be interested in selling their business, or maybe they're considering taking the apprenticeship route, Make sure you share Jim's story with that friend. It'll make a big difference. And now it's time for The Review is Right! This is the part of the show where you, as the listener, get to play along with me. Each month, we've been giving away a prize to a lucky listener of the show. And as I've said for the past few weeks, this is the last time we're doing this for a while. So let me give you an update. We've gotten so much great feedback through these reviews, and I can't thank you guys enough. As you're already aware, to enter the drawing, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and then also send me an email so that I can give you the prize if you win. But... Unfortunately, nobody in the last month has actually emailed me. We've had reviews, but no emails. So I want to give a prize, but I don't have anybody to give a prize to. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop with the prizes for reviews and that sort of thing. I just want to hear from you. I really do want to hear from you. I would love to just have a conversation with you and get your feedback for the show. And I'll send the prize to whoever emails me first. How about that? 
You can send the email to info at nextlevelecommerce.co. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week. Dear listener, if you thought that was good, if you thought that was transparent, you haven't seen anything yet. In next week's episode, I talk with the new owner of my business, and everything will be revealed. Okay, not everything, but almost everything. You get the picture. Next time on Next Level E-Commerce. I just wanted to travel the world and learn other languages. This was back in high school. And I would have maps all over my room and think about, imagine what it would be like to, to travel. And I went up to the CEO and I said, you know, I speak Japanese, you need me. <laughs> <laughs> After the earthquake and, and um, the explo- subsequent explosion of the nuclear power plants, a lot of people were on alert every day um, trying to figure out what to do. And we're thinking, you know, should we stay? Should we go? So much of it goes into inventory because as the sales grow, we buy more inventory. So I, I'm worried about my future. For, for $150,000, you can buy yourself $5,000 a month income. These numbers are not really matching the sweat and toil that people put into it, but this is, this is what it is. I was way more emotional about it than you were. Mm-hmm. So what was it that w- interested you in my business? Thank you for listening to Next Level E-Commerce. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out on the next story.